0: The heat made some roster moves over the weekend Did they make the right choice Or was there another young prospect who might have made the team better We'll answer that for you Before we make our bold prediction for the seasons And how Miami will finish the year off Great episode to get you ready for the NBA action On today's Locked on Heat
1: You are Locked on Heat Your daily Miami Heat podcast Part of the Locked on Podcast Network Your team
0: Every day
1: All right, welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, joining me as always, it's Dave Vermeule. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. A fun show for you today. We're making our bold predictions for the Heat this season, but before we get to that, we do have some roster news to get to. The Heat have promoted Drew Smith to the 15 man roster and they signed Cole Swider to a two way contract. This also means that Jamal Kane, after an impressive preseason, remains on that two way contract. So, David, we've been talking about this looming decision all preseason long, in particular, that battle between Drew Smith and Jamal Kane for Miami's 14th and final roster spot because they're not going to fill up the 15 in full. Your thoughts on the Heat going with Drew Smith over Jamal Kane?
0: It was a safe move. Um, you know, you, you see what Spo and the coaching staff has said about Drew Smith mm. all preseason long, and I think it was virtually a lock. I, he had to have really done far more horrendously than he actually did to have lost that spot. It wasn't an inspired mm. choice, but it was a safe one. Again, you've got two actual point guards on the roster in Kyle Lowry and Drew Smith. And whether Miami runs an offense that is, you know, dedicated to the point guard position or if it really needs a true point guard or anything like that, it doesn't really matter. They still feel more comfortable with somebody who can set the table, get things organized to a certain degree, and they feel comfortable that Smith can handle that role in a much more reduced level than even Lowry can. I don't think Lowry's going to get a lot of playing time. I think Drew Smith is going to get even less. I think they're probably going to run a lot of sets out there without a true point guard, without either of those two players. Yeah, with so Josh I, and Tyler. I, yeah. Yeah. Or Bam or Jimmy or somebody sure. else, you know, we'll, yeah, see, yeah. we'll see what happens. But and, and yeah, I, I think they have other options that they probably feel more comfortable with. But this is this was a choice that they felt most comfortable in terms of like, you know, actually addressing a positional need. And I think they really do like him, you know, supposed to add some really complimentary things to say about him mm-hmm. in a recent press conference. He's a, you know, a guy who can get you set. And, and and plays defense and won't make he mistakes. He, makes, he always tournament.
1: makes the right basketball play, which right. is Eric's bolster talk for like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, like it, he might as well be. Uh, it, it is a comp. It is, it's a huge compliment coming from him. You're right, and 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 not only was it a positional need at, at that point guard spot, which is where Drew Smith plays, but they didn't really need. A lot of help in that forward spot, which is where Jamal Kane plays, right? You've got Hayward Highsmith, you've got Caleb Martin, you got Jimmy Bolt you got Jaime Hawkins Jr., you've got Nikola you've got a full season of Kevin Love. There wasn't a whole right. lot of need there at, at that forward position either. So even if you did promote Jamal Kane to the 15-man roster, he probably wasn't going to play a whole lot as uh, more than he would at, on this two-way, right? Because he could still right. play for you 50 games on this two-way contract. So right. I think that, and then you know, Drew Smith. If there's an injury to Kyle Lowry, Drew Smith has, is going to be playing every time that Kyle Lowry doesn't play, right? Because he's just going to be in that rotation. I mean, we know how Spo does things. He could start those games. You know what I mean? He started he those games last year, right? So yeah. I think that's part of it. I will say this. I don't think that this is a detriment to Jamal Kane. I don't think that this is anything to do with that. In fact, I actually think that this is, means that the Heat really liked Jamal Kane yeah. going forward because one of the things here, and this was reported by both Anthony Chang from Miami Herald, Ira Winterman, and Sun Sun were, were on this right away. And, and it's such a great point that by... Moving Drew Smith into the regular roster, and he's got like a guaranteed contract. It's part; it's a partially guaranteed contract. Only four hundred thousand dollars of it is guaranteed, and it's guaranteed on opening night. So by Wednesday night, it'll he'll be guaranteed, and anything after that, you can waive him, and it's not going to hurt your cap. Why does that matter? Because if somebody gets bought out mid-season, Drew Smith's probably the guy that gets waived because he Heat the Heat can always obviously make that player, their 15th player, but they don't want to do that for luxury tax reasons. They don't want to carry 15 guys. They'd rather carry 14 guys. So you can always waive Drew Smith and right. then and then sign a veteran on the buyout market. And then, of course, Drew Smith has to go through the waiver process so you can lose him. And they, that, that happened last year, right? Drew Smith ended up playing for the Brooklyn Nets. So we've seen this already happen. If they like Jamal Cain, and I suspect they do very much like Jamal Cain, having yeah. him on that two-way actually reduces... The need that, that that risk of losing him because you could just keep him on that two way, even if you go and sign somebody on that veteran buyout. And then you can kind of look forward and say, all right, well, if you're going to lose Caleb Martin, potentially lose Haywood Highsmith as a restricted free agent, even this summer, you're going to really need Jamal Kane going forward, even though I think right now the more immediate need is Drew Smith because of the positions that they play. So um, both of them still on the roster, just Drew Smith is on the 15 man roster. Jamal Kane on that two way. Congrats to Cole Swider. Uh, it was pretty obvious that he was going to be the guy that filled in the, the vacated two way spot. With whoever, uh, whoever got promoted, so um, those are the roster moves. Uh, well, a couple more too. They, uh, sure. they wave uh, uh, Justin Champagne. All, Champagne. all the they wave them. They were like not even really waved. Like they were E ten guys. Like they, they kind of, not, training camp's over. Like goodbye. They're all going so to be Sioux Falls. All right, all right. Chek Chick- Diallo, um, yeah. and then before that was Alondis Williams and Drew Peterson. Like these guys are all going to end up. In Sioux Falls but yeah
0: important um I'll all right see, we'll see them down the road though think like, this is not as fatalistic as a lot of people make it seem I know social media reacted very poorly to the announcement about Drew Smith but all these guys are still in the system they're still part of the group and I think they've all they all have a chance to succeed they've seen what Miami does with these guys you could be a two-way guy you could be at Sioux Falls one year two three years down the road you might be making north of $10 million a year. It <laughs> happens with Miami. So it's, it's, it behooves them to stay with the And I think they did a good job of sort of replenishing the
1: farm system, this training camp. I mean, even, even though Champenny had no chance of getting the two way on this roster spot, we were, you know, he had, Im- he had impressive moments. RJ yes. Hampton, really good in his preseason finale Friday night. Like, uh, he was obviously injured for some of these games. And you and I talked, like, we're not really sure what that means for him. An injury for a two way guy, if one of these other guys pops, that could be it, right? Like, we've seen this, mm-hmm. you know, you can churn those guys. But he had a really nice night um, in Miami's last preseason game in Houston. So um, RJ Hampton is the the other guy on the two-way spot. All right, uh, let's move on to our bold predictions for the season. The idea here, David, is to make them bold. I got to be honest, I really don't know how bold mine are. Um, We were talking right before we started recording here. We thought we could rank the boldness of our predictions, not only just discussing why we're making these predictions, but rank the boldness of these predictions based on almost a Scoville Hot sauce type of scale. So we've got three different kinds of predictions, right? We've got Tabasco predictions, a little peppery, a little light, not burning hot, not necessarily very bold, but just a little bit of seasoning, just something that gets you talking. So we get the bold, light prediction. We got a habanero kind of middle boldness prediction. And then we've got our Carolina Reaper, which is the boldest and spiciest of all predictions. Okay. So um, you've made three predictions. I've made three predictions. Um, why don't you go ahead and start with your first prediction? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'll tell you if it's spicy uh, or not. I'll start off with the 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 most Tabasco esque of mine. I think uh I think Bam Adebayo wins Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, I think he's got to do enough this year. I think their narratives are going to start changing. I don't know how. I don't know how, but I think we've seen this before. People kind of complain loudly enough. There's just enough of a little buzz there about what Bam does. And even though we just made this argument before, like two weeks ago, I feel like we just talked about this. He doesn't get the blocks. He doesn't get the steals. But we're going to see now what happens with Memphis, with Steven Adams missing for the year. Jaron Jackson Jr., the clear favorite after having won it last year. He's going to have a lot of those minutes at center. Is he going to get exposed a little bit for getting more playing time? Will he miss time due to Mm -hmm. injury because of having to carry a bigger load? Who knows? I think people are going to start to notice what it is that Bam does on a larger scale after what he did during the last year's postseason, and I think it's going to pay off in a Defensive Player of the Year award. So give me my ranking. What is that? Is that Tabasco? No, that's a habanero. That's a habanero take
1: because you know what? Bam already has gotten stubbed for this award at least once. It feels like it, it, every time it's within his grasp or even he's earned it flat out, he doesn't get it. So to I, I think that you're you making this prediction – is actually more of a vote of confidence, not in Bam, because we know how great of a defender is, but on the voters. And that, to me, is yeah. a little bit – and that's why it is so bold, because I don't know that I would be so bold to have that confidence in the voters. However, David, I am exactly that bold, because that was exactly one of my predictions as well. I also <laughs> had Bam bio finally winning Defensive Player of the Year. And you mentioned some of the, the, the other competition there, and I actually think the, the competition that Bam is going up against – is exactly why he's going to win DPOI finally this season. Uh, I'm going to get into more details on that after this as we continue our bold predictions for the season. First, a word from our sponsor.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You don't have to worry about buying tickets when it comes to Game Time. It's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music concerts, comedy shows, theater events, anything you might be looking for near you. Game Time's got you covered killer last minute deals all in prices and views from your seat. So you can see exactly what it is that you're getting. And not to mention their best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and makes things so easy for you. You're in town. You want to catch a show, whether it's a comedy show, a game, a concert, who knows? Maybe your favorite band happens to be in town. You look up the game time app. Boom. Just a couple clicks away. You find the best seats available. You can see exactly where you're sitting, whatever venue they're playing at. And you can make the purchase with just a few taps of your phone. So easy. Makes things so simple for you and takes all the guesswork out of finding the right price because Game Time has the best price available for you. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. You get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms to apply, but again, create an account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N N B A. That's LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Who doesn't know how to spell locked by now?
1: Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day is the season is starting. We are here after every game during the week with our post game shows, our credit cookies, our blame pie, our breakdowns, our game notes, our biggest takeaways. So make sure you stick with us all season long. The only Miami Heat daily podcast. Um, All right. So we left off on the Bam Adebayo Defensive Player of the Year Award. I agree with you. That was one of my bold predictions. I do think that Bam wins Defensive Player of the Year. And you look at FanDuel's odds here for uh, the favorites. Bam has the fifth best odds uh, on FanDuel to win Defensive Player of the Year. And I love, I love it uh, in terms of a, a value bet. His It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's at plus 1,200, right? So Jaron Jackson's at plus 500. Evan Mobley's at plus 700. You've got Anthony Davis at plus 850. You've got Giannis at plus 850. And then you got Bam at plus 1200. Also, Victor Wembanyama at plus 1200. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, like, like, let's calm down. I mean, that's just, that's rookie hype. That's Vegas just trying to get some free money out of that. I get it. Um, but in terms of the realistic guys, those are the top five realistic guys. So here's the problem. And I'm just going to go one by one through them. and I'm going to tell you why those guys won't win it. And then yeah. we'll get to Bam. Okay. We'll start at the top with Jaron Jackson Jr., he's not going to win it twice in a row. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is a phenomenal defender. That's not a hot take at all. That's less than Tabasco, right? And if you want to tell me, if you want to sit here and tell me that Jaron Jackson Jr. is the best defender in the NBA, reasonable people have that opinion. That's fine. I'm not gonna argue over that. Like that's not to me interesting. All right. But you look at the the past 15 years, past 20 years, guys who have won defensive player of the year two times in a row, two no. seasons in a row, we're yeah. talking about Rudy Gobert, 08-09, I think. Yeah. I mean I mean, one of the best rim protectors of all time, Rudy Gobert. I mean, we're, uh, Jared Jackson Jr. is great. He's not Rudy Gobert. Before Rudy Gobert, it was Kawhi, San Antonio Spurs' peak co octopus stuff there. Uh, one of the Again, one of the great perimeter defenders, basically revolutionized the game in terms of perimeter defense. You had Kawhi win it twice in a row when he was a San Antonio. And before that, you had Dwight Howard, Orlando Magic, Dwight Howard, Orlando Magic in the NBA Finals because of Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard. He won it three times in a row. Jaron Jackson Jr. is awesome. He's not Dwight. He's not Kawhi. He's not Rudy Gobert. And so I just think the odds of him winning it twice in a row are very low because you you look at the company that he would be keeping, and as good of a defender as I think he is, he is not far and away barring on the best defender and and one of and a hall of fame level defender like those guys were. In their time so i that's that's why jaron jackson jr is not gonna win twice in a row evan mobley's right there i just don't think he's ready to win defensive player of the year no i don't not. think that there's going to be a ton of a media push behind a cleveland player unfortunately i think that's part of it and i also don't think he plays the right position enough right like we just saw like how much how clunky it was between him and jared allen in the playoffs last year i think that clunkiness is going to kind of push voters away from that whole situation um mm-hmm. and i also wonder if cleveland defensively is going to be as good as they were last year after people kind of figure out the two big lineup that they have given that their backcourt is donovan mitchell and darius garland like there is a lot heaped on evan mobley's plate and that's a reason why he may win it and and he should be among these contenders but i just i don't love that situation and how it's playing out in cleveland right now so i'm just gonna i'm gonna take him off the board
0: he's a dark horse for me because i think a lot of people Think their offense is going to be so good that they're going to have a high win total during the regular season because they are, quote, built for a regular season kind of campaign. And if that's the case and they eclipse 55, 56 wins, yeah. then you look at what they do defensively. And if he's their best defensive player, and I think that's pretty clear that he is, then he, he starts to get a little bit more consideration in that regard. But totally. I mean, but there's a lot of expectations other... for him in his third yeah. year. So if he,
1: if he individually does not reach expectations on either end of the court, I, I think that will push some voters away. You know, I think those are young enough too. Like to he, he doesn't have
0: to win one now. This isn't Correct. like a, yeah, this is a lifetime achievement award um, or something like that. I Anthony like Davis would be.
1: is uh, third. He, I just don't think he's going to play 65 games. Let's remember. You got to meet that 65 game minimum. I think that's a pretty, pretty safe bet to say Anthony Davis won't play 65 games. And I don't think point. that he wants to play 65 games. I think Anthony Davis and LeBron want to be healthy for the playoffs. Like they were last year, right? They kind of figured out their formula. So I think AD's not even going to be eligible. Then you've got Giannis. Here's the problem with Giannis. Again, if you want to argue that Giannis is the best defender in the NBA, I'm not going to argue that with you. That's fine. If that's your opinion, reasonable people have that take. That's okay. I don't think Milwaukee defensively as a unit is going to be good enough. When you have Drew Holiday going out and Damian Lillard coming in, if that is that defense going to be top five? No, no way. Is that defense going to be top ten? I think now that's kind of what we're talking about. It sounds like they're going to start Malik Beasley at, at the other guard spot. So if you've got Damian Lillard, Malik Beasley – Giannis obviously great. Brooke Lopez obviously great. And then like I just and Chris Middleton, who's just not the same defender as he was before. You know,
0: Lopez is older. Middleton is older. Like that's a team that's kind of due for a regression. And I'm not. This sounds like hater. You know, hating speech here, but I think it's no. I think no, it's I think that's I think a it's, fair thing to say. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you've got players that are aging. You've got you know Drew carried a lot of the brunt of their oh, point yeah. of attack defense, and he was switchable too. And well, his came. ability
1: to fight over those screens and he is the best yeah. in the NBA at fighting over screens is why you were able to funnel everything to Brooke Lopez and Giannis at the basket. Damian Lillard dies on these screens. Malik Beasley dies on these screens in a way that Drew Holiday yeah. didn't. And so that whole funnel system just sort of breaks at the very point of at, at the at the point of attack. So I don't know, like Milwaukee, for Giannis to be a real contender here has to be a top five defense, I think, in defensive rating. And I just don't think they're going to get anything close to that. So. That eliminates everybody. And then you've got Bam sitting there, right? And and I think Miami's going to have a great defense because they always do. Like, offensively, shaky. We have no idea. Defensively, no. they're going to be elite. Um, and Bam is a big part of that, and I think he's going to play a lot of games. And I also think he's on a revenge tour. And I think he's going to actually stat chase a little bit this year and get those blocks. All right. I think he is. Let's I'm okay hear
0: it. It. Let's move on to our next yes. bowl prediction. What do you got so, next? I think the Heat are going to have two all-stars. Oh, I've got an all-star prediction. Okay, make it. All right. Uh, I think they're going to have two All-Stars, and neither of them will be Jimmy Butler. Wow. You, so I went with the Habanero take. You went straight to the
1: Columbian Reaper take. I almost did it. I almost did it. I couldn't get myself there. Uh, but let's talk about the All-Stars. Uh, so the obvious three I think that we're talking about are um, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, would obviously and Hayward Heisman. It. And then Hayward, oh, he made my joke before I did. <laughs>
0: Very good. Uh, Tyler Hero, I think, would be the other one, right? Is that who you're guessing makes it? That is correct, yes. I think he's on a revenge tour, despite all the talk that, no, I'm just taking it in stride. It's all good. Like, we've seen an aggressive version of Tyler in the preseason, and I have no doubt that that's going to carry over into the regular season. And I think, again, when you look at, like, the way people fought about him and dragged his name through the mud over the offseason and have done that for a couple seasons, I think you start to see – Kind of like fashion, right? Like what was trash in the 80s, all of a sudden comes back and everybody loves it. Like now I think Tyler's going to go through that up-and-down cycle where everybody right. thought he was crap, and now all of a sudden people are going to watch him more closely and go, hey, you know what? that not actually that bad. And, and actually he's pretty good. And he has a couple big games, and next thing you know, you realize you know, he, he might actually be a fringe all-star candidate. Right. And if he starts building and building momentum, by the time January rolls around, I think he gets an all-star nod right. along with Bama to buy it. Do you know what? Bell bottoms, underrated. You know? <laughs> we should yeah. have been wearing those the whole time. Um yep. so I I kind
1: of went through this whole exercise looking at what the East All Stars could even be, right? So at that guard spot, it's loaded, right? You've got Damien Lillard coming in. Right. That, that means yeah, he's going to end up – you do have Kyrie going out. Kyrie obviously went out in the trade of the last year, but he was a starter for the East in the final. So you basically could swap Kyrie and Damian Lillard, right? They're going to get a ton of public vote. They're going to be named uh, all-star starters. It's just going to happen. So Lillard and Donovan Mitchell I kind of have in penciled in in the East as your, back, uh, as your backcourt, starting backcourt in the East all-star game. And then beyond that, you, you're looking at guys like Tyrese Halliburton, you're looking at Drew Holiday still in Boston. You're looking at Trey Young from Atlanta. We'll see what happens with James Harden. I, I think he's kind of eliminated himself from the All Star conversation like he did oh, last yeah. year, but it's worth bringing him up. Yeah. Darius Garland, Jalen Brunson, who didn't make the All Star team last year, I would bet all the money I have that he's gonna make the All Star team this year. You've got that Good New point. York public vote, like he's and he's an awesome player, like he's gonna get in. You got Jordan Poole coming in, like he's gonna put up a lot of shots. There's a potential for mm. him to be a twenty five point per game score. There's there's gonna be that what a what a what what the close to last week star, but yeah.
0: What a close last week. The ups and downs of Jordan Poole in two <laughs> game sets. That was amazing.
1: Um, you got Cade Cunningham coming back for Detroit. He's a very good player. Former number one. Would he be a take. guard?
0: He is a guard, right? I he guess. He is a guard. Yeah.
1: Okay. And then you got Tyler Hero, obviously. So it's it's pretty loaded. I I I'm, I think the Heat are gonna get two all stars. I didn't I wanted to go very bold and, and go the Tyler Hero route. I think it's gonna be Jimmy and Bam. I just think it will be. Um, I've got Dame, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, uh, Tatum, Giannis, and Joel Embiid just sort of in pen as the East starters. I just think that's probably what's going to happen, you know, barring injury. I've got Bam pretty much in pencil. I think he's just one of those guys that are gonna, is going to make the All-Star team every year now. Um, Jalen Brown is another one of those guys. And I honestly have Halliburton almost in Sharpie at this point. I just think his, 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 he's going to be 20 points and 12 assists I, for the next I don't four see it.
0: years. Halliburton? I, I you made it last not, year. I, uh, yeah, I, I know, but I think it's I think it's a part of the the fresh trade buzz or something like that. i I think I don't know. I don't think the larger fan base is going to vote for him, and I know he'll get votes for amongst players and stuff like that, but he has to have another monster season. and I don't know if they can duplicate last year's success. I know a lot of people are high on Indiana. I'm not so sure where they stand right, right. now to be honest with you. Okay. And as far as our, the Heat are concerned, yeah. I don't think Jimmy plays enough games to make an All-Star. Well, that I was a problem
1: last year, right, is he didn't, play, he didn't play. I think he'll play enough maybe in the beginning of the season, I guess, is my bet. But you're saying no, and that's fine. Yeah, It's impossible to predict yeah. there.
0: No. Um, that's, that's why years are bold predictions. Yeah. Wild the other guys. I
1: mean, you've got Pascal Siakam. You've got um, mm. uh, Julius Randle there at that forward spot. You've got Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner, who can make a push. Um, yeah. You know, kind of more fringe, but I have him on my list. No, um, I got gotcha. you. So, I, I, I like I, I like Jimmy and Bam to get in. Um, I would love it for Tyler to get in, but we'll see. Uh, yours much more bold than mine. Um, all right, we're gonna move on with our final predictions for the season here in a second. I've got I've got one that's a, I think pretty spicy, David, and it has to all do right. with a trade. We're gonna talk about that Ooh. next year on Locked On Heat.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action, especially with the NBA season right on the way. Place a little bet on who wins defensive player of the year or who gets the all-star nod. There's lots of different options. Just do it. Uh, and Let's Miami, if 44 for and a half wins, go the over. Absolutely. The app is so easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options, like we talked about. Spreads, player props, over-unders, yep. and so much more. Go visit FanDuel.com and use slash locked On to kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and NBA. Thanks for making Locked
1: On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Uh, We are going to do our over-unders tomorrow, I think, is the plan, David. Um, Who knows what happens in between now and then, but yes, I agree. That's the idea. Um, I do know something that's going to happen this year, and it's my next bold prediction. Oh. Kyle Lowry will not finish the season on the Miami
0: Heat. (sighs) Wow. Yeah, you know, I I thought about Lowry as as a prediction. But my prediction is so lukewarm, and it's that he just stays with the roster. I'd I, I see the exact opposite. you got, you got a, milk, you got a milk
1: take, not even Tabasco. you just got
0: dairy. So what's just
1: mine? What's water. mine? Is mine Habanero? Is mine Carolina Reaper?
0: Uh, ooh, I'd say Jalapeno, a little bit <laughs> of under Habanero. Yeah. Under Habanero. That's yeah, under <laughs> Habanero. Not quite, <laughs> right. not quite mid-level, not quite Tabasco, <laughs> okay. just – Bit
1: level. just a little jalapeno all right that's fine um so <laughs> i don't think kyle larry finishes the season on the heat i think that his expiring contract is gonna be very valuable actually to another team sure uh, around the february tread deadline you've got the second apron coming into play already but more punitive restrictions happening next year you're gonna have a lot of teams looking forward a lot of teams by february that might say you know what Maybe we're kind of out of this thing. Teams that were thinking, okay, maybe we're going to be up. Like right now, we're thinking, hey, let's try to compete for the play in, right? And then, and then, you know, by February, they're like, yeah, we're kind of ten games under 500. It's just not really happening for us this time. Let's get off some long term money and set us up this off season to create some space and maybe make a move to to get to where it is that we want to be. I think Kyle Lowry is a prime candidate to get traded. We saw this last year with Russell Westbrook, and that's not with all the Westbrook stuff that comes with Russell Westbrook. Kyle Lowry, you bring him into your locker room, you say, hey, cool, be Kyle Lowry for a little while, and then go into free agency and do your thing. Um, I think the Heat are going to also have a need to move him, quite frankly, I think, because they're going to need to supplement this roster with something. I don't know that they know that something is yet, and that is fine. I think you got you play this out for a couple months and say, all right, where are weak points? Do we really need to add maybe a more athletic uh, player at that point guard spot? Do we need to add more size in the front court? What do we need here? Um, so I think I think Lowry gets moved.
0: Okay, I, I mean it's not a it's not unreasonable. That's why I and I think you're making a lot of listeners happy just by even uttering the possibility of him being traded. But we'll see. Is I there do, anything I, he I, could do at this point? to avoid being in that kind of, like, he's not going to have an all-star level, even a fringe all-star level at this point in his career. Could he be good enough where the the kind of trade buzz starts wearing off, or do you think his contract is too valuable to pass up the opportunity for a possible upgrade? I mean, the thing is, like, right, if he plays really well, you almost
1: redefine the kind of asset he is, because now he's a really good player on an expiring contract. So if there's a contender out there that needs point guard help... Mm. You know what I mean? And they, they don't have to worry about that long-term money. Now we're talking about – But wouldn't Miami side. keep them
0: then? What I, no, I think
1: obviously that, that – I mean, it depends on what their record is. You and I think that the Heat will be pretty good this year. I think they'll be a playoff team. So, yeah, I no, there's a world where the Heat are just like, look, we need this guy. We don't really – like Drew Smith, This he's not really developing or whatever. We don't – we like Tyler Hero more in an off-ball role, and Josh Richardson really isn't a point guard. So we just need Kyle Lowry. And if you trade Kyle Lowry, it's just really hard to trade a player for a player at the same position. So, I, I yeah, I – I actually think that that's why it's a pretty bold prediction is because the Heat have so little help at that point guard spot that trading Kyle Lowry actually might be tougher to do. You want a more more bold prediction? You want the real Carolina Reaper version of that prediction? I don't know if I believe it, but I'm going to make it. All right, let's hear it. Well, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to tell you what I thought. The the, Uh the Carolina Reaper one was that Caleb Martin won't finish the season on the Miami Heat. That was my Carolina Reaper level bold prediction. I I couldn't get there, though, because I still think he does. And they just say, you know what, whatever happens, in free agency happens, but we'll take our chance. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, what's your final prediction, David?
0: Uh, Miami's three point shooting depends on one player. Kevin love like the, the, I think, I think his ability to knock down three, three point shot consistently will pretty much define Miami's chances of regular season success, not postseason success, but regular season success. And depending on, How well he shoots the three, that's where Miami's three-point shooting goes, is as good as Kevin's goes. And I I think that's a little unfair. But I think we saw this during the preseason. He shot terribly during the preseason. And our hope is that he won't shoot that badly during the regular season. But I think it puts pressure on everybody else when he does not hit that three-point shot, and now all of a sudden you have to see Tyler be a little bit more aggressive. Mm -hmm. Maybe Kyle be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe anybody coming off the bench says, you know what, Kevin's not knocking them down. It's too valuable a weapon. We have to have some three-point shooting, and next thing you know, one for three goes one for eight, yeah. and then two for eleven, and next thing four for seventeen, and it, you know, then you basically would have have what Miami had last year, which is you know not a very good three-point shooting season. I think Tyler's three-point shooting is going to be pretty consistent and even slightly better than it was last year, but I think Kevin's is really going to define Miami's season.
1: Duncan Robinson playing a bigger role this year because there's less people in front of him now. I think that's but we've help. seen what Duncan shooting. can do with Highsmith, Caleb Martin. Yeah. I think Caleb Martin have a bounce back year during the regular season. He was on fire in the playoffs. The regular season was bad for him from a three point shooting perspective. Um, so I'm with you on that. Is there like maybe again bolder version of this prediction? Like Kevin Love's not in the rotation by the end of the season if, those, yeah. if the because if I...
0: shots not going in,
1: that's what we might be talking about here.
0: No, I, I I wanted to go there. I was going to say that it, it was going to basically come down to Miami's three point shooting falls into one position or depends on one position because it's either Kevin Love or, or Hayward Highsmith in his yeah. place, yeah, or
1: Jovich, Even you could you could argue um, possibly. No, no Jovic predictions on this. No Jovovich uh, is an All Star predictions. Too wild card, man. You can't you can't predict yeah. the weather, dude. That's all it comes down to. Can't predict what this rotation is going to look like. Even. <laughs> um, yeah. I got one more bonus prediction for you before we head out. Um, the play-in tournament. I wanted to do something because it's new. I also kind of hate the play-in oh, yeah. tournament, so I'm sort of like hating myself for doing and this. Every
0: time we see an advertisement for it or an announcement at the at Castilla Center, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. This year, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. Like, I got to remind
1: myself. And everybody's like, like what is it again? And it's like, it's a tournament, <laughs> but it's also during the season, so it's not really a tournament. And then it just becomes a tournament sometime. And sometimes some teams are in it. And there's a knockout round, and then you go to Vegas, and nobody really knows what you win. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, get excited by this. It's very confusing, and there's nothing in it for the fans. You should, you guys should watch more regular season Woo! basketball. It's basically what the NBA is telling us. You know what? You're right. It's stupid. I'm not even gonna make a prediction. I hate it. It's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> that was short. Yep. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app every day, or stick around all week long. Uh, we will have our over under show. Uh, later this week and then of course the season starts Wednesday night we will be at Kaseya Center for the season opener against the Detroit Pistons or the postgame show right after that so everybody thanks for listening catch you next time